0: Well, hello and welcome to this live English lesson. I hope you're ready to ask some questions about this crazy and weird language that we call English. Um and I'm pretty sure I'm ready to answer them. (laughs) We'll see. I feel like my brain is moving really slowly this morning. I feel like I'm not thinking very quickly. So, uh we'll have to see how well I can answer the questions and how quickly I can do it. Um I just wanna do an audio check for a moment. Looks like everything is working well so far. That is awesome. So, a few things before we start out. First of all, hello to everyone who is already here in the chat. It was fun to be able to talk to you a little bit before the live lesson started. Hi to Rod VIP. Hi to Lolly Lolly. Hi to uh so many of you. I know Todd is here. I know Dave will be here in a moment. I know someone named Peppa Pig was here. I'm not sure if Peppa Pig is still here. Um but by the way, Peppa Pig is a great kids cartoon to watch if you are learning the English language. So, before we get started, a couple other things. One, please keep the conversation in the chat in English only. Uh, please enjoy having conversations with each other. Also, if you have a question, there is a link that you can use to ask the question. That puts the question in a list for me and then I choose the questions one at a time to be able to answer them. So, once again, just hello to everyone who is here. Hello to Rajesh. Hello to Uh, Truongzin, Servgil, Servgi, Prodip, uh, Rajesh. It's really hard for me to pronounce some of your names. I should take a class on how to pronounce the names of the world, that would really help me a lot. But let's see if there is a question ready and we can get started. There usually is a question at this point in time. Let me see if I can find the first question. Uh, let me see here. This is from Katarina. Hello, Bob. How are you doing? What are the politically correct words for the blind, deaf, and disabled people? Is PC a hot topic in Canada? Thanks for your answer. Um so, we do sometimes uh now refer to disabled people as differently abled. We wanna respect the fact that because you simply maybe have something physically um challenging It doesn't change you as a person or change your value as a person. So, we often refer to people as differently able. It's a very common term now. Um we do use the words blind and deaf um as technical terms for someone who is not able to hear or someone who is not able to see. That has not changed. Um and is PC a hot topic? PC means politically correct. And I'm I'm not sure I would say hot topic but I would say that we try our best To always respect people when we talk and we try our best to use the correct terms when we talk about other people so that we can respect them. So, um great first question, Katarina. Thank you very much. Uh let's see here. Next question is from Luke. Luke says, could you define the verb mansplain and to debase? Hope you're doing great. Well, when you debase something, you make it have less value. So, this happens sometimes with money. So, you can debase the value of a currency. That means the currency is worth less. The word debase is not used very often. Mansplaining is when if a woman is trying to express an idea and she's expressing it well and a man interrupts her and then tries to explain in a better way or the way they think is better, we say that's mansplaining. When a man tries to explain something to a woman that's obvious, that the woman easily understood, we say that's mansplaining and it's very rude. Uh you should not do that. Uh, I think equality between genders is extremely important for the advancement of society. Men and women have to have equal respect for each other and their thoughts. Next question is from We. Good morning, teacher Bob. Hi, We. Um let's see. What is different between debate and argue? Thank you so much. So, a debate or when you debate someone is a little more formal. So, schools sometimes will have a debate team. So, that is a team of students that goes to a debate and they debate a topic. When two really intelligent people discuss something, we sometimes say they're having a debate. But usually, we use the more familiar term which is to argue. So, when you argue with someone, you present your views. You present why you think you are right and you go from there. So, I would say argue is like the common term and then a debate or when you debate someone is a little bit more formal. Um let me find the next question. Next question is from Andre Padron. Hello, teacher Bob. What's the difference between ought Little spelling mistake there Andre. Just just so you know ought and should. Could you please give or make some examples? Thank you. Have a good day. So, I ought to do some work on the farm this afternoon. I should do some work on the farm this afternoon but I'm probably not going to because the weather's not very nice but if I say I ought to or I should they mean the same thing. What I will tell you though is that we don't use the word ought very often in spoken English. Um I I would almost always say should. I might say to my students, you know, you ought to set some time aside to do homework tonight or you ought to reread this story but more likely, I would say you should set some time aside to do your homework or you should uh, reread this story for sure. Um but yeah, they do in the examples I gave, they mean example. They mean exactly the same thing. Uh let's see here. Um um I'm gonna Renata has this question. Is nibbling an English word as in nephew and niece? I love my nibbling so much. Could I use it like that or should I just say nephew and niece instead? Thanks, Bob. So, we have a lot of um what I would say nicknames or pet names. For relatives. Um and you can make up your own names. I have not heard of the word nibbling to refer to nephew or niece but if that's a cute word that you like to use, you probably could. Um I know people have different names for grandfather um or grandma. They might say, you know, papa or papa or there's a lot of different what we would call nicknames or pet names that people give people. Sometimes people even give their children a pet name. So, they give them a different name because it's cuter. Um and they just use it for fun. So, you could use that. I'm not familiar with that term Renata but if you wanted to, you definitely could use that. Let's see here. Uh next question is from Johnny from Brazil. Hi, Johnny. Good morning, Mr. Bob. My question for today is, what's the meaning of dress down? Is it kind of dress in an informal way And dress up. Thanks and have a great day. So, at school, at the school where I work, every once in a while on a Friday, it is a dress down day. On a dress down day, I can wear jeans instead of wearing dress pants and I can wear a t-shirt if I want instead of a normal, normally, I wear a shirt with a collar. So, when you dress down or when you have a dress down day, it's a day where you can wear clothes that are just more relaxing When you dress up, it's the opposite. Sometimes, when I go out with Jen, I might dress up. If we're going to a wedding, I'll dress up. It means that I'll wear nicer clothes than what I normally wear. You can also use dress up to talk about children. Sometimes, children play dress up. So, they might have a whole bunch of clothes so they can dress up to pretend to be a wizard, or they can pretend to be Harry Potter, or they can pretend to be Superman, um, or they can pretend to be Wonder Woman. They might dress up, or they might play dress up. So, a couple different ways to use that uh, little phrasal verb there. Hopefully, that made some sense. Hey, I do want to pause and say hi to the 338 people who are watching. I'm always a little bit taken aback by the number of people watching. I'm Bob the Canadian. If you're new here, there is a subscribe button there. You should click it. Um I do little lessons on YouTube and I do really big lessons on YouTube every Friday and Saturday as a live stream. So, welcome to the channel. Welcome to this live English lesson. I hope you enjoy it. Let's see here. Uh Olga has the next question and Olga says, hi, how are you? I'm fine, Olga. I hope you are well as well. What are stonewashed jeans and buzz cut? So, stonewashed jeans. So, you can have jeans that are just plain blue. Um like the jeans I'm wearing right now, they're just a solid color blue. When jeans are stonewashed, there's variations in the color and so they have kind of a cool pattern. Well, not really a pattern but certainly there's spots on the jeans that are different colors and we would say that they're washed. Um and then buzz cut is um you'll notice every few weeks, I get a really short haircut. I use clippers like bzzz, I use clippers to cut my hair and we would say that's a buzz cut. When you get your hair cut with scissors and you have sort of a hairstyle, your hair is usually longer but when you have really short hair, we call it a buzz cut. Um and it's pretty common. Like I get a buzz cut every four weeks and you'll notice in my videos that I get a buzz cut every four weeks. Um just let me check one thing here. Um I want to Yeah. So, stonewashed definitely jeans that I have when it's fashion, I have to look it up to make sure I'm right. Um but definitely something that is stonewashed has a bit of a variation in color. I'm just checking my audio if you're wondering. There we go. Okay. Everything seems good. Let's get back on track. Let's get to the next question. Um so, for some reason... There we go. Now, I can click. Lolly Lolly. Bonjour, Bob. A personal question. Are you going to celebrate Halloween next week? We are planning to stay home next week. Um normally, we do take our kids out for trick-or-treating. We take them out for Halloween. Um but this year, we decided that we're just gonna stay home. Um COVID isn't out of control in Ontario but cases went from a hundred a day to about 800 a day. The graph is still level but we're kind of concerned about it. So, we feel like it's best just to stay home. So, we did buy lots of candy for our kids which we will give them ourselves on Halloween. So, um for sure, uh gonna be staying home for that one. Let's see. Next question. Oh, I I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to answer this one, Omar. Why do you use auxiliary do verbs? Like no and you don't use auxiliary do for verbs like can. I don't know. We just have formalized how we use certain constructions with grammar. Um there's probably some rule in the past for that Omar but um I think you'll have to look this up online to get a really good explanation for it. Uh Bob the Canadian fails badly when he tries to explain grammar during his live stream. So, Hopefully, you can find an answer to that. Elmer from Brazil says, what's the difference between to limp and to hobble? Well, first of all, um if you hurt your leg or if you hurt your foot, maybe if you hurt your knee or your ankle, you might limp. When you limp, you when you walk, you kinda with every step, you step a little awkwardly because your leg is injured or your knee or ankle or foot. Um Hobble is the same. We don't use hobble as much. We would say yeah, he hurt himself playing soccer. Now, he has a limp or yeah, I'm walking funny. I have a limp because I uh I I stubbed my toe. That happened to me once. Actually, I broke my toe once. That will make you limp for sure. So, I would say they are very similar. We use limp far more than we use hobble. Uh let's see here. Um Ramon from Spain. Hi, Bob. Nice to see you again. I have trouble understanding fast speech particularly in movies. Have you ever found yourself in a similar situation? Yes. Sometimes when I watch French television or when I watch French movies, they they in certain parts, they'll speak way too quickly and it's challenging for me to understand. So, I'll often rewind and listen to it again or I will slow down the movie. I often watch movies on my computer because then I have control over the speed a little bit. So, I can slow it down. So, I can rewatch parts I don't understand and I can slow it down. The third thing I do is if I really can't get what they're saying, I'll turn the subtitles on for that part. So, um again, that's one of the reasons I like to watch movies on my computer because it's easy To do all of those things. You can use the arrow keys to rewind. You can use V to turn subtitles on and off. So, it's just very handy. If you get to a part you don't understand. Uh let's see here. So, we have two words here from Athanasios. Hello, teacher. How's it going? I have two words. Complicit and adamant. Thank you. So, adamant is when you are like 100% convinced you are right. Like if I say to someone, I deserve three cookies for a snack and if I I guess I'm pretending I'm a child. If I was a child, I could be adamant. I could say I deserve three cookies. I want three cookies. It just means you are very very insistent on that. Um complicit means that you let me just look this up. So, I get involved with others in an illegal activity. Yeah, that's the definition I was gonna go for. If you are complicit in a crime, it means you helped do it. Okay? So, if you are complicit, it means you definitely means you're guilty. Uh let me see here. Next question is from Margarita. Hi, Margarita. Um Margarita says, hi, teacher Bob. This sentence from a native speaker is confusing. That did after all happen with him now and again. Is this correct? Thanks. Best wishes from Ukraine. Let me reread it. It's very familiar sounding um and it's very common to hear sentences like That did after all happen with him now and again. So, it's simply first of all too many words to express an idea but we often do that in English. So, simply put she's saying or he's saying that did whatever they're talking about that did happen with him now and again. The after all is kind of extra words. You don't even need them but basically what they're saying is that that happened to him over and over again. That did after all happen with him now and again. So, hopefully, that made some sense. They're basically just saying that something happened to that person more than once. So, uh let's see here. Next question from Rod. Hi, Rod. How are you doing? By the way, Rod and I chatted earlier this week. I mentioned it yesterday in my live stream. Um Rod and I chatted this past Tuesday. We're chatting again this coming Tuesday and we're kind of planning something. Um Rod's an English teacher by the way down in Brazil but Rod and I are planning a little collaboration. not gonna tell you anymore but we'll get to that. Anyways, Rod says, hi, Bob. Oh, sorry. Mr. Bob, how are you today? I'm good, Rod. I wonder if aggravate and irritate mean the same. Thanks so much. You're a legend as always. Have an amazing Sunday. Thanks, Rod. Um so, aggravate and irritate both refer to when something bothers you. You know, when my children, if my children jumped up and down on the floor above me right now, it would aggravate me and it would irritate me. I would use those words interchangeably in that situation. Um if the live stream stopped working, that would aggravate me and it would irritate me. Definitely, I think they mean the same thing. I think aggravate might be a little stronger. Like when I'm aggravated, I'm close to getting angry. When I'm irritated, maybe a little less so but definitely uh very close in meaning. Um let me see here. Sachin says, mean by conduct and please let me know time of your country. Thank you. I think what Sachin is asking is this. What does mean mean in terms of how you conduct yourself? So, if you are mean to someone, it means that you don't treat them well, okay? So, when you're mean to someone, it means you're bothering them, you're annoying them, uh you're doing things to bother them on purpose um and then What time is it in my country? It is eleven seventeen AM right now in my country. Let's see here. Durya has the next question. Hi, teacher Bob. I'm studying English language teaching. Cool. What would be your best advice to the prospective English teachers? By the way, thanks for your amazing lesson. So, first of all, this is the advice I would give to anyone who is going to teach English. Make it fun make it as fun as possible. Make sure that your students are aware that you're going to make mistakes and that there's nothing wrong with that. Make sure your students are aware that they're going to make mistakes and that is awesome. You can't learn a language without making mistakes and often it's hard to get students to speak in English if they're learning English because they're afraid they're going to make mistakes. So, create a classroom where mistakes can be made. And students don't feel ashamed about it. Make sure you create a classroom where when students make mistakes, sometimes they are corrected, sometimes they're not but just create an environment where students feel welcome um and don't try to create a silent classroom. Often, teachers like to create classrooms where all the students are quiet but in a language class, you have to make sure people are comfortable um speaking out loud. It's kinda hard to do sometimes. So, let's see here. Uh Shanae has the next question. Hello, teacher Bob. Uh what is or are the differences between assure versus verify, rough versus course? So, assure and verify. If I was making tea, okay? And if I was making tea for 10 people, I would want to uh make sure that I assure that the tea is made correctly. That means that I would create a system where the tea is made correctly and I would probably check from time to time but I would make sure the tea is made correctly somehow. When you verify something, it means you actually check it. So, if I was to verify the tea, I would be checking each cup of tea to make sure it was the right color. I would probably ask if the right amount of sugar went into it if someone was using sugar. I really wanna drink my tea right now. Sorry. And then rough and coarse are very similar. When you buy sandpaper, sandpaper is a kind of paper that you use to uh smooth out wood. You can buy sandpaper that's really rough. You can buy sandpaper that's really coarse. It has the same meaning in that sense, okay? Um but those words do have more meanings just so you know. So, you should look them up. Um let's see. Ruslan says, hello, teacher Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Ruslan. Thank you so much for asking. What is the weather outside now in Canada? So, it was extremely windy last night and really heavy rain. Then this morning, it was sunny and I thought I could do the live stream outside but then it clouded over and right now, it's kind of just a cloudy, I don't know, I'm looking out the window. It's kind of a cloudy, dismal looking day Uh, and it's eight degrees Celsius right now. That's where we're at. Let's see here. Um next question is from Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Bob. When I watch a series or read a book, should I write down and learn each word that I don't know? I I don't think that's a good idea. I I think that it's a better idea to decide something like this. Let's say you're reading a book. You should read one chapter in the book for understanding. Just try to read the entire chapter without stopping And then, for the next chapter, try to learn maybe twenty words. Don't try to learn every word that you don't know. And if you're reading a book where it's so difficult, you don't understand every other word, the book is probably too difficult for you. It will be very difficult to learn English from that book. So, for sure, look up words but try to do it in a manageable way. For me, when I'm learning French, If I read a chapter in a book and I usually only need to look up about five or ten words, I will look them up. If it's more than five or ten, I just try to keep reading and try my best to understand what's happening. Even when you don't understand every word when you're reading, you can get a sense of what's happening and sometimes that's enough to keep reading the book. So, um, with TV series, I'm not sure it's a little more challenging. I usually recommend that you watch it look up a few words afterwards and then maybe rewatch parts of it where you heard that word used. Um let's see here. Uh next question is from Chen Chen. Hi, teacher Bob. Could you tell me could you tell me the meaning of the words overall tackle implicit and please give me some examples in a sentence. Thank you. So, overall, I like teaching English. So, that means most of the time, I enjoy doing this. So, overall, I like teaching English. When I see a problem, I like to tackle that problem. So, in football, in American football, when two people are running uh and this guy has the ball, this person tackles him but we also use the word tackle when we're talking about problems. So, we'll try, we'll tackle the problem and then I'm gonna look up implicit to make sure I get the correct um the correct so implied though not plainly expressed. So, it's implicit in my teaching um that I love English. So, it's something that you can see but there's no real evidence for it. It's just kind of a fact through I don't know. Just you just have a knowledge that it is true. So, it's implicit. Uh next question here. Oh, by the way, we don't use implicit very often. You might see it once in a while maybe in a newspaper article but not a common word in everyday English speech. Um let's see here. Hi, I'm E. Hi, lovely teacher Bob. Thank you. My question is, what's the difference between spinning, rolling, and swinging? Thanks for your time and your explanation. Big love from Indonesia. So, when you are spinning something, you're making it go around and around and around, okay? So, the best example would be um let me see here. What what would we spin? I think if you take a basketball and you go like this and then you put it on your finger, the ball spins on top of your finger so it turns around. The earth spins on its axis, okay? When you're rolling something, if I take a ball and I throw it along the ground, it will roll along the ground. So we'll say that it's rolling. And when you take something um let me see here. I'm going to try to do this with my headphones. So I'm going to make my headphones swing or my earbud is swinging. Children often on the playground will go on the swing and then they will swing on the swing set. So, there you go. Hopefully, that made some sense. I'm saying that a lot today. Hopefully, my answers make some sense. Um next question is from Maro from Italy. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm good, Maro, What is the secret to understanding those who speak English quickly without spelling the words well? Thanks a lot. So, I think what you're saying is what's the secret to understanding people who speak English quickly without pronouncing the words well. That's I think where what you're going for Mauro. And the secret is this. Uh if you are in a conversation, ask them to slow down. If you are watching this on a TV show, try to slow the TV show down. Um but generally, eventually, you will understand what they are saying as long as you practice that kind of listening. So, another thing you can do is When you watch a YouTube video like my YouTube videos, some of my viewers actually speed up my videos because I speak at a fairly nice pace and I try to make sure I'm easy to understand. So, some of my viewers will actually listen to me at a faster speed to challenge their listening skills. They'll just work hard to try and understand me when I speak really really rapidly. So, they they change it to 1.25 speed instead that can be very very helpful. Uh Eduardo, what are the main English accents in Canada? Thanks. So there is a normal English accent? Maybe that's not fair to the other parts of the country. There is the most common English accent, which is my accent, which is common from basically Ontario all the way to British Columbia. Most Canadians sound very similar if you're from British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba or Ontario. If you're from Quebec, you will most likely speak French. Although, if you do speak English because there are many English speakers in Quebec as well, you'll sound more like me. But on the east coast of Canada, there are slight differences in accents, okay? So, if you go to either Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, or Prince Edward Island, you'll hear a little bit of an east coast accent and there is variation even between those provinces. So, we do not have a wide range of accents here so let's see here diana says is it difficult to become an english teacher in canada what do you need to achieve it well diana it depends where you want to teach english if you want to teach english in a high school you need to go to university and you need to get a teaching degree and you need to specialize in teaching english if you want to teach english to adults Like in a night class. Maybe your local community has a night class. You you can probably do it without a certificate but you're best off getting uh, an English language instruction certificate. You can do this via a night class um, but it usually takes if you wanna teach in a high school, it's about four or five years of university. If you want to teach adults in a night class, it's probably about three or four courses. And you'll probably have to keep taking courses for a bit so that you can be certified to do that. So, it is a wide range. Um, If you want to teach English in another country, it might actually be easier for you. And then as well, just having lots of experience is helpful as well. Let's see here. Uh Irina from Ukraine says, oh, hi, Irina. Um hi, teacher Bob. Please explain what to trickle along means. Thank you. Have a great weekend. So, anything that trickles goes very slowly. When you turn on the tap and then the water comes out fast and then if you turn it so it's almost off and just a little bit of water is coming out, we would say that's a trickle of water. We would say the water is trickling out. When something goes really slowly, we might say that it's trickling along and again, it just means it's not going very fast. So, generally, anytime you see the word trickle, it means like a very low or slow volume or speed. Let's see here. Next question is, what does shift and a word that I don't recognize. So, I'm not gonna say it out loud, Israel. What does shift mean? Thanks a lot. Greetings from Mexico. So, let me look at this second word. You might mean sheltering and I'm gonna define sheltering for you, okay? When you shift anything, It means you change it. In a car, you can shift gears. When you are in a certain job, you can shift to a different job in that company. You can um say to yourself, you know, I'm just gonna shift over. So, if I didn't think I was centered, I could shift over. So, anytime something shifts, it means it moves, okay? Sheltering means to be somewhere where it's safe. We have recently started using the term shelter in place because of covid when you shelter in place it simply means you stay home instead of going out but when some when you are sheltering someone you have invited them into your home or you are protecting them so that's what sheltering means um let's see here next question from farooq hi bob i hope you are good my question is how can i improve vocabulary except daily vocabulary for example i don't know how to use biology technology words something special so You need to start, you know when you read the news, there are different categories. When I read the news, I read the world news, I read Canadian news, and I read the technology news. I think you need to start reading the news in those areas. So, I would make sure you are reading the latest science news. Make sure you are reading the latest technology news. If you are someone who reads the local news, and then you read the sports news online, you need to start reading different things, okay? So, just find a way to incorporate that information into your daily reading. That would be super, super helpful. Hey, folks, I'm gonna make a small change here. Give me a sec. I think I know where the button is today. Yesterday, I didn't know where the button was. There we go. I think we're good. In a moment, you will see that we are now doing um members only chat. So members are people who have clicked the join button below and have decided to join my channel as a member and to support the work I do. One of the things they get is during a live lesson, they can ask questions directly in the chat during the members only chat mode. So we're in members only chat mode right now. If you are a member and you want to ask a question, put it right in the chat. I will answer it as quickly as possible. And thanks to Panther Nori For being so helpful in the chat each week and helping out other people. That's awesome of you. Um let's see here. Oh and the next question is actually from Panthera Nori. That's a strange coincidence. And anyways, um Panthera says, hi dear teacher Bob. The expression win something by a whisker and win something by a landslide are the opposite of each other, right? Can you use them in a few sentences? Thank you. Yes, they are the opposite. If you are running a race and you cross the line, just like just in front of the other person. We would say that you won by a whisker. We might say you won by a hair. Um it's probably more common to say you won by a hair uh in Canada but definitely when you use that reference, it means that you've won just by a little bit. Maybe you're watching a car race and the one car finishes just in front of the other. You would say, oh, he won by a whisker or he won the race by a hair. When you win by a landslide, we usually use this more to talk about elections So, when two people are running to become the president of a country, if one person gets way more votes than the other, we say that they've won by a landslide. We don't often use this in sports. I mean, you can. You could say, oh, my team won by a landslide the last game they played but probably it's most common to use um to win something by a landslide with an election for sure. Uh Sam says, Hi, teacher Bob. I am so curious about the collaboration with mister Rod. Can you give us some more hints about this one? No, it's a secret. I can't say anything else except that Rod VIP and I have chatted a couple times and uh we're gonna chat some more. We'll see. Uh, I don't wanna let the cat out of the bag. Uh Brent says, I loved your pet peeves lesson from yesterday. Thanks, Brent. That was a fun one to do. Uh Panthera Norris says, teacher Bob, first of all, thank you. And outlandish means the same as weird or strange. Yes, but can outlandish means the same as weird or strange but like to a large degree. So, if I wear a hat and it's like this big red hat and it's super wide and it has all kinds of sparkly things on it, you would say that the hat is outlandish. So, it's like weird but like super weird. Okay. Uh hey, Elias Gomez is here. Thank you so much Elias for the super chat. Elias says, hey Bob and hello everybody. Elias, awesome to see you. Thank you so much uh for that little tip. Uh let's see here. Rod VIP says, Mr. Bob, do you think remote learning after this pandemic will be the way of the future or at least one option? I think it's gonna grow, Rod. I think learning online, I think a lot of people have experienced it and some parents and children did like it. So, I think it will become more popular. I'm not sure it will change how school happens. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Let's see. Alex says, hi, teacher Bob. How to talk about repeated actions or habits that happened often in the past. Thank you. So, you you say things like this. When I was young on Saturdays, I ate pancakes for lunch. When I was young on Fridays, I would watch the A-team on TV. That was a good TV show by the way but I think it was on on Tuesdays. So, notice first of all, repeated actions, we usually name when it happened by saying, on Tuesdays when I was young on Tuesdays when I was young on Fridays or when I was young during the summers, I would ride my bike a lot. So, there's a few example sentences for you. Hopefully, that helps a little bit. Not sure. It's a pretty big topic, Alex, actually. Uh Brent says, do Canadians directly elect their prime minister? No. We locally vote for the representative for that political party. If that person wins, That's one more um seat in the House of Commons for that political party. So, we vote locally. If I like Justin Trudeau, I don't vote for him. I vote for the liberal candidate in my riding. So, pretty uh pretty detailed. Um uh maybe I'll look up the Wikipedia page later and uh figure out exactly how it works but no, we do not vote directly for our Prime Minister. Uh Wu says, hi, Bob. Good to see you again. Hi, thank you. Elias says, Professor Bob, how are you? You can give us an example using the phrase, I can't think of any right off the bat. So, when you say, I can't think of that right off the bat or I can't do that right off the bat, it means you can't do it immediately, okay? So, if someone says to me, Bob, can you uh come to my house and teach me English in one hour, I might say, you know, I can't do that right off the bat. I have a lot of other things to do first. So, it simply means I can't do it immediately or right away. Uh let's see here. Brent says, I am teaching completely remotely this year. Many of my students and parents love it. I worry about their social experience though. So, Brent is American English from this guy in the chat. Um that's a good point, Brent. Um there's a, learning online is very efficient but students miss out on time on the playground. They miss out a little bit maybe playing on a sports team. There's more to school than just the learning, okay? So, it'll be interesting to see. Uh let's see. Panthera is saying great question to Brent. Uh Wu is saying hello to Lolly. Norma says, hello Bob. Yesterday, I read a comment with the expression to go all out. Could you explain it? Thank you. When you go all out, it means you do something like at the highest level you possibly can. The other day, I was running and I went all out. So, I ran as fast as I could run. Now, my ankle is sore. So, that was probably a bad idea. So, when you go all out, you literally give all your energy to something, okay? When I make a video for Tuesdays, I usually go all out, okay? I I just make it the best video I can. I do everything I can. Uh I use all of my energy to create a good video. So, I go all out. Madi. Hi, Madi. Madi says, hi, Bob. What do you think about online education? Would you like to complete this year online or you feel uncomfortable about that? Your opinion about that? So, We've been in school for almost 8 weeks now. I think it's been 6 or 7 weeks. Um we are in a semester system. So, our classes go from September until the end of January. If we can teach at school until the end of November, if we can get through the next 5 weeks teaching at the school and then if we had to learn from home, I think I would be okay with that. I think finishing the last few weeks of the semester that would be fine but I really do think in school learning is really cool and helpful for students. So, uh let me see here. Um where is the next one? Brent says, no, that makes perfect sense. Much like Great Britain, I think. Yeah, we do a lot of things like Great Britain. We, we didn't, our country didn't fall far from the tree. We're a chip off the old block. How many phrases can I use about that? (laughs) Elias says, Bob, what does Indian summer cleanup today mean? So, Indian summer is it's not a term we use anymore because it's not exactly politically correct but Indian summer is uh when you have really warm weather late in the fall. We'll call it Indian summer sometimes. So, now, we usually just call it a really warm fall um but that's what Indian summer would be and many people do clean up when it's nice on an uh, when it's a nice, beautiful, warm fall day, they're often outside raking leaves. Um Geneval says, hi, Bob. Good to see you. Hi, Geneval. Rod says, great point to Brent. We never had homeschooling in Brazil and yep, I totally agree about socializing. Yeah, that's the missing element, right? Of schooling online. Norma says, thanks, Bob. Panthera says, the verb "parley" means when you do something at the expense of others or how can I use it in a sentence? To me, my understanding of parlay is when you bargain with someone. So, parlay I think is originally from the French verb parlay which means to speak but often when you read something historical, people will parlay. They'll they'll engage in trade and they'll talk about how they're going to do that price. Let me look that up for a sec though, Panthera. Um I'm pretty sure that's what parlay is. So, you can when you bet again, I wasn't familiar with that one. But to me, yeah. So, you can change something. It says to turn an initial stake or winnings from a previous bet into a greater amount. So, it's about gambling. That's probably why I don't know much about it. So, sorry for the bad explanation. Hey, Ali, welcome to livestream uh fun. Thank you for becoming a member. That is awesome of you. Let's see here. Um Rod celebrating with other Brazilians. Very cool. Elias says, Bob, can you explain the expression? I'm still settling in and how to use it in a sentence. If I had just moved into a new apartment and someone said, hey, can I come over for coffee? Like if they phoned me, I might say, hey, I'm I'm still settling in. Why don't you come tomorrow? When you're settling into a new apartment or a new house, it means you're you're putting stuff in the right spot. You're still taking things out of boxes. You can also use this for any situation. If you start a new job, your boss might say, hey, how are you settling in? Basically, your boss is asking, how are things going? Are you enjoying yourself? Are you having a good day so far? Um are you finding the coffee maker? How are you settling in? So, when you settle in, it's when you start something new or you move in somewhere new and you're working towards it becoming normal and routine. Let's see here. Mahdi says to Rod, glad to see you, dude. Nice use of the word dude. We do say dude a lot. Like, hey, dude that's funny. It's an old word but it does get used. Um Lolly is welcoming. Ali, thank you. Cow says, hi, Bob. Do you use the download movies to watch on your computer or you use some streaming service? So, generally, um I watch things on Netflix or I watch it on Amazon Prime. I have Prime Video. Um and my kids have Disney Plus. I don't watch it on there a lot but generally with Netflix, you can use the keys to do some control. With Prime Video, you might have to use the mouse. Um, but it's very helpful. Um and I find Netflix often because I'm learning French all the time. Netflix often has French subtitles for me. Um let me see here. Folks, I'm gonna turn off the member only chat. Thank you so much again to all of you who are members. Let me find the button here. That's the right one. I think I clicked the right one. Sometimes I click the wrong button. Again, thank you so much to all of you who are members. If you want to become a member and support my channel, there is a join button down there. If you click the join button, you can watch a little video of me talking about my internet speed or something. Um but certainly, those of you that are members, thank you. Once again, you guys are awesome. Thank you for helping me out and let's go back to the questions. Um Alex, hello, teacher Bob. Thank you for your lessons. Could you please explain the difference between may and might? So, they're very similar in usage. So, I might say, I may say, (laughs) let me back up a bit. This afternoon, I may go out. That means there's a possibility that I go out. I could say this afternoon, I might go out. That means there's a possibility, okay? So, we often use those words interchangeably. I may have a nap this afternoon. I might have a nap this afternoon. Do you notice during my live streams, I often talk about my Saturday afternoon nap. (laughs) It's cuz I'm getting old. Um notice my hair and my shirt are the same color. This is what happens when you're in your late forties for sure. Um so, anyways, Alex, yes, you can use them interchangeably. So, Assam from Israel. Good morning, teacher Bob. How are you? Please explain this word. Sanitation. Thanks. So, sanitation is when you want something to be clean. Um, we use this in a lot of different ways. When you are in charge of a building, you might be in charge of sanitation. That means you're in charge of cleaning the building, taking the garbage out of the building, making sure that everything is always clean. We also have what's called sanitation services. So, garbage companies, the companies that pick up your garbage in Canada are sometimes called sanitation services but whenever you see the word sanitation, it refers to the process of keeping things clean. So, it's just good to have good sanitation. Uh, and right now, we have a lot of hand sanitizers around. So, you put a lot of hand sanitizer on. So, another version of that word of course. Uh let's see. Next question. Sorry, I was just reading the chat there for a bit and I'm laughing at the next question. So, Marcin from Poland says, hello, you handsome polar bear. Thanks, Marcin. In Poland, a polar bear is a large white bear that lives in Northern Canada. Um so, thank you for that little nickname. There's a pet name for you. Maybe you guys can call me um The handsome polar bear or um, I prefer Uncle Bob by the way. That's a that's a nice name too. In Poland, we are often taught that fish, fruit, and door don't have plural forms. Fishes, doors, fruits. Is that true regard? So, there are many doors in my house. Sometimes, when I go to the grocery store, I go to the fruits and vegetable section and there are a lot of fruits in that section. Let me also say this. There is a lot of fruit in that section. So, let's back up. Doors. Is definitely used singular and plural, okay? This house has one door or sorry, this room has one door. This house has many doors, okay? So, definitely singular plural in North American English for sure. Fruit is a tricky one. You can probably use it this way. We like to eat a lot of fruits. Um we we like to eat a lot of fruit. It's probably more common to just say fruit but I would say that one, you can't go wrong, okay? Because they say, You need to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. When I go to the grocery store, there is a lot of fruit. So, I've used it a whole bunch of different ways. I think it's fairly interchangeable. Um there's a river by my house and there are a lot of fish in that river. The other day, um I was sorry, this is not true, okay? The other day, I was fishing and I caught ten fish. So, fish is something where you hear people say fishes sometimes but it sounds funny like ten fishes. How many fishes are you cooking? It just doesn't sound right. It's probably not incorrect but we would say um when we have fish for dinner, I usually cook ten fish, okay? That way, everybody gets one and a half pieces of fish. Um so, to review, door and doors, fruit and fruits. So, door and doors, definitely singular plural. Fruit and fruits, kind of your choice and then fish, we just say fish all the time. Um and we usually eat fish. In the winter, we eat fish a little more often um than we do in the summer. Hey, um we usually eat fish on a bun. We don't eat anything fancy here. (laughs) Um hey, I just wanna say hi to the 432 people who are watching. Uh if you're new here, there's a subscribe button there. If you click it, you'll find out when a new video comes out on my channel and uh maybe it will help you learn a little bit more English. Let's get to the next question. I'm still laughing about being a polar bear. Um Ario says, Hola, Mr. Bob. These are my questions. First, what does the day after tomorrow mean? And second, what does later today mean? Thank you. So let's start with the day after tomorrow. Uh, En français, on dit le lendemain. I think in French, we say le lendemain. But in English, we don't have a word for the day after tomorrow. So we literally say the day after tomorrow. We also don't have a word for the day before yesterday. So we literally say the day before yesterday. So let me explain. Today is Friday. Sorry. T- today is Saturday. <laughs> let, let's start again. Today is Saturday. Tomorrow is Sunday. The day after tomorrow is Monday. We literally say the day after tomorrow. I need to go back to work the day after tomorrow. The weekend will be over. Um, today is Saturday yesterday was Friday. The day before yesterday was Thursday. So, you'll hear people in English having conversations like this. Do you wanna meet for coffee tomorrow? Um I'm busy tomorrow. You wanna meet the day after tomorrow? So, they'll say that or people will say um oh yesterday I went to um yesterday I went to see uh a football game and then someone else might say oh cool the day before yesterday I went to see a football game. So, that's how we refer to it. Um let's see here. I'm trying to figure out let me get to the next question. Wait, did I answer all the questions? Oh, later today. Later today just means at some point today. So if I say later today I might have a nap, later today I may have a nap. I'm not saying that at Oh, in French le seul lendemain. Oui, merci beaucoup. Le seul lendemain. Um if I was to say later today I might have a nap, it simply means I don't know when it will happen. So I don't know you know, I can't say at two o'clock, I'm going to have a nap. So, I just later today. I'm just basically saying at some point today, I'm going to have a nap. Let's see here. Um Donnie says, hi, teacher Bob. You're not in a checked shirt today. Yeah, it's a dress down day. That's it's a dress down day in my house, so I didn't wear a shirt with a collar today. I just wanted to be more relaxed. So um, what a surprise. What's the cheapest region to learn English in Canada? You know, that's that's interesting. I would think I don't know the answer, first of all, Donnie. My guess would be that the larger cities would be the better places to learn English, but they might not be the cheapest place to learn English. So what I mean by that is if you go to Toronto there will be many many English classes you can take because it's a big city but it might be really expensive to live in Toronto. If you went to a small town and found someone who wanted to teach you English like if you found a retired English teacher who wanted to help you learn English, it might be really cheap. So, uh that's a tricky one, Donnie. Um all I know is that large cities in Canada, it's quite expensive just to live there. So, living there will already be expensive. Rent will be expensive. Food will be expensive. So, it might actually, there may be a lot of factors involved in that. So, let me see here. Um next question is from Tong. Hi, Bob. Can you earlier? Can you go earlier than 730 and not at 11 PM because I will sleep. Yeah, so Tong, I try to do my lives At slightly different times. So, my Friday one, I do at 730 AM my time and this one I do at 11 AM my time. I used to do the Saturday live stream at 7 PM my time. I used to do it at night but I found that it was hard for me to enjoy the weekend when I knew I needed to do a live stream at night. So, now, it's nicer for me. I know it's not nicer for everyone who's watching. It's nicer for me to do the live stream now. And then, I'm done at noon. I have lunch and I can enjoy the rest of my day. I don't have something coming up that I need to do. So, uh sorry about that. That's that's just kind of how it works out. Um oh, this is a good one. So, Agrippina says, hello, Mr. Bob. Let's say you live in an apartment and the couple in the flat above yours starts to shout angrily. What would you call it? a top? Oh, would you call their argument or sorry, let me rephrase this. Would you describe what's happening as arguing, quarreling, or fighting? There, that's how I would say that. Um all of the above. Um if you hear two people through the wall in another apartment um yelling loudly, you could say they're arguing, you could say they're quarreling, you could say they're fighting and all three of those words are very common, okay? You could say, oh, my neighbors, they're just, I can hear them through the ceiling. They're just, Every night they're quarreling. That's probably the least used of the three. You might say oh I can hear them every night arguing or I can hear them every night fighting. Remember in English when you say two people are fighting it can mean they're arguing. It can mean that they're hitting each other which would be bad but it can also mean like my kids fight all the time. When I say that, I mean that they're arguing, okay? So, it can easily mean that. When my kids fight, they're not wrestling or hitting each other. We uh we do not allow that. So, let's see here. Um next question from Kong. Next question is, hi, teacher Bob. Could you tell me the meaning of the words astounding? experiment. Claim and ambition. Thanks a million. So, to me, it's astounding when people win gold medals at the Olympics. I find that's just amazing. It's astounding. I'm surprised when that happens because it's so cool that they did something amazing. So, when you're astounded, it means you're surprised. You're happy. You're surprised. Uh something cool has happened. Um when you experiment with something, you just try things out. So, I'm experimenting with a new kind of tea right now. Um I'm not sure I like it. I used to have green tea. Now, I'm drinking uh I think it's orange pico this week and I'm not sure I like it. So, I'm experimenting. It means you're trying something out. When you claim something, it means that you're saying it's true. So, I could claim that I have two videos now with over a million views which I do by the way. I'm pretty proud of that but I'm not the million people who watch them. Thank you. If you watched either my tour of the house video or the let's go to some restaurants video, you helped get those videos over a million views. So, thank you. So, now, I can claim that I have two videos on my YouTube channel with over a million views. So, thank you. Um and ambition is simply a desire to do something well. So, my ambition um helps me make a lot of videos. I have a lot of energy and a lot of desire to make a lot of YouTube videos. So, Uh, let's see here. S L Lanka. Hi Bob. Could you explain sleep call? Hmm. I have not heard of sleep call before. Um I'm not exactly sure what that is. I'm thinking it might be the same as booty call but I'm not gonna define that during this live stream. That's something you'll have to look up yourself but I'm not sure what a sleep call is. I do know when you stay at a hotel, you can ask for a wake up call A wake up call is when the front desk phones your room in the morning so that your phone rings and wakes you up. So, anyways, if you are someone who's now wondering what a booty call is, you'll you'll have to go look that up on Google. I'm not gonna define that one during my live stream. I like to keep my live stream uh family friendly, classroom friendly. So, let's go on. Uh let's see here. Joe from China. Good evening, Bob. I think that I'm a good father but if the child keeps crying, it will be difficult for me to control my emotions. Do you have any ideas you can share? You know, we have five kids and we have had a variety. A variety. Brent, maybe you can define booty call in the chat if you want. Uh, anyways, Joe, that this is um this is a tough question. I'm you know, I have five kids We had very, I'm not gonna mention names but we had one or two of our kids where they did cry a lot. The problem with that is that it's hard to get good sleep uh and then it's hard to stay calm and not get really annoyed. So, I would just say um, console your child, sit with them, read them a book. We often, if you're talking about really small kids like a baby, we would often go for a drive. Sometimes, if one of our kids had trouble sleeping we would put them in the car seat and we would go for a drive and the I think the humming of the vehicle would calm them and they would fall asleep. Um and then sometimes uh if it was during the day, we would just go somewhere and then walk around with um one of our kids in a stroller. That sometimes helped as well but I get it. Being a dad is uh and being a mom, being a dad or mom, it's challenging. It's very, very challenging. Uh let's see here. Um go to the next question. I have to just check my time. It's from Abdul Haviz. Hi, teacher Bob. I am a little confused when to use home and when to use at home. Thank you for your amazing lesson. So, I do this live stream from home. Um I do this live stream at home. Yes, I'm going to go home. So, let me use a a few sentences here. Jen and I have a lovely home when i'm at work when i'm done work i will go home when i when covid shuts the schools down i have to work at home you can also say i have to work from home so i'm not sure i cleared that up for you abdullah havis but uh, there's a few example sentences for you hopefully that helps uh just a little bit um let me just check one thing here kind of lost track of where i'm at natalia hi natalia how are you uh how to tell correctly the time difference for example in moscow it's 6 pm now so my time is 7 hours ahead of my time and your time is 7 hours before is that correct so listen to what i said so you would say this you would say that i am 7 hours behind you okay i would say that you're 7 hours ahead of me so because it's later in the day for you it's almost noon here because it's later in the day for you you would say that I am behind you. I would say that you're ahead of me. Okay? So, that's how you would describe that. And then, how do I figure it out? I just use Google all the time. That's how I figure out the time difference. I could never figure it out myself. Let's see here. Um Farhana, sir, what is the difference between have to, will have to, ought to, and must? So, first of all, M2, we don't really say. Okay? but I have to drink tea during my live stream because my throat gets dirty. I will have to drink tea in a moment because my throat gets thirsty. Did I say my throat gets thirsty? My throat gets dry. I ought to or I must drink tea. So, they're all variations of actions that need to be done, okay? So, when you have to do something, when you must do something, um it, means you absolutely must do it or have to do it. When you ought to, it means you should but maybe you choose not to. But definitely, they are all related to things that you probably should be doing. Um let's see. Tsushima. Good morning, Bob. My question is, what is the difference between the words set and film in the movie industry? Thank you. So, for me, a set is any place where they make a movie. So, if they like create, let's say they create um a a kitchen. Um it's called a set. So, on a stage or for a movie, if they create an area where they're going to shoot the movie, you would call that a set. So, the actors would go to the set. They would perform their parts and they would record it with a camera. That would be a set. Um Film is simply an old word that we still use. So, even though I have a digital camera, I film videos every week. So, the act of taking a camera and recording a video we say is filming. We also refer to the final product as a film. So, I could say my friends and I went to see a film. I could say my friends and I went to see a movie. They would both be correct. Um let me just check something everybody. I probably have lots of questions left. So, I don't think I'm gonna get through them all. So, I think I am going to wrap this up. So, it's been about an hour. Um I do wanna thank all of you who are still here and watching. I know last week, I went a little bit longer. This week, I'm going to stop. It's been an hour. I think that's a good idea. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Bob the Canadian. I teach English here on YouTube. This was just a question and answer session. Sorry if I did not get to your question. Sometimes, there's just not enough time. I usually release a video every Tuesday. I also do a live lesson on a certain topic every Friday. Um and I also do this live stream. I think I'm going to only do this three times a month. The Saturday live stream. I think I'm going to take one Saturday a month off through the winter. Um so, I will definitely be doing a live lesson next Saturday as well. I also have a second YouTube channel. Let me just get a link in the chat for you there. Uh, Many of you watch my second channel as well where I do four short videos every week. Just kind of explaining two English phrases and then responding to a comment. Um thanks to Dave and Todd for being here and moderating the chat. Thanks to Brent from American English for hanging out. By the way, Brent does have a YouTube channel as well. Uh and then just thanks to all of my members. Uh and then a big shout out to Rod. Rod VIP. Uh, I'll talk to you Tuesday, Rod, by the way. Let's uh, let's finalize our plans. Anyways, thank you so much for watching. I hope you were able to understand my explanations. Do remember that this video will have automatic English subtitles in a few hours. If you do need to rewatch parts of it to try and understand my explanation, do that. Just come back. Watch that ten minute segment uh to help you learn and gain an understanding. I know many of you actually replay this live stream in the background later in the day when you're cooking or when you're driving, that's excellent as well. It's good for training your ear. Anyways, I'm Bob the Canadian. I'm now once again talking for way too long. This was fun. I hope you have a great weekend and I'll see you uh Tuesday with a new video. Bye. This is where I drink my tea and then I click the end button. That's really good tea.